I would like to wish all the women Happy International Women's Day from Romantic Truth. Dawson, drop that beat to start the episode. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jowson with you here, and it is March 8th, 2022, and it's my birthday, and my sweetie's birthday. And uh, we both would like to extend, I'm extending a birthday wish to my sweetheart, Marina. And here's the thing, folks. We're going to talk about a subject today that has come up in my personal life with me at one point. And something that many of you have written in about, especially you folks over 40. Years ago, as you know, I used to date a lot of older women. When I was in my teens all the way up to my 20s, most of the women that I dated were at least five years, 10 years, 15, or 20 years older than I was, depending on the year. Now, here's the thing. And each one of those stages... What I had to come to grips with was many of these women were trying to fight for their youth. They were trying to still be young, trying to still remain relevant. Now, they based this on their age, of course. And so what a lot of these women would do, they would try to position themselves like they were younger women. Cocktail dresses, mini skirts, no pantyhose, high high heels, of course. Many of them would get tanned. They would go and get their breasts augmented. They'll have the butt surgery, the hip surgery. They would go get their hair done again or dyed or some cases for the contact lenses. And it varied. And this spanned all races of women. Now, what I found was this, though. The women that were more confident in themselves, they were usually women who didn't mind graying, they didn't mind aging. They were comfortable with their age. They were comfortable with their place in life. They were far more confident and secure than a lot of the other women who tried to appear younger and they were older. Now, let me tell you what happened with many of them. A lot of these women who tried to carry on that air of being young, they were very disappointed and crushed in some cases 
when they got turned down by some of the younger guys. Because they felt as though, hey, I'm older than the average girl. I'm more sophisticated than she is. I look better than she does because I know what I'm wearing and I know how to wear it. And I could please a younger man better. So they had all these things going for them. However, they were missing some elements. And the element was, we would look at them as to say, okay, you need to act your age. Even though you're trying to look younger, you're also trying to comport yourself to the age group of a person in my peer group. And it didn't look right. And it didn't feel right. It's just like if a person is trying to fake and trying to be something they're not. And what we used to do, we would take them for granted. We would never take these women seriously. Because the way we looked at it was a big act, a big show. That's the reason why when we would see cougars coming after us, we would literally laugh inside about it. We'd never say it. But they think they would be doing something that was really, ooh, you know, because they had experience and they were going to teach us something. What we looked at was, lady, your day has passed. If anything, we just want to experiment and see what it's like to be with you. And then after that, we're going to sit our asses down and go on to someone in our peer group. And a lot of the cougars did not realize that. They thought that it was something where they wowed us and impressed us in that way. And it didn't happen. A lot of them were heartbroken. Some started drinking. And I remember one instance years ago, there was one lady I heard about that committed suicide. She was in a bad marriage. She was in her 50s. And what she used to do was come to this one club and she drove this nice black Jaguar. And she would literally come to the club, grab a guy, and take him home with her to sleep with him. And she did this on a regular basis. And it was funny because there were a lot of people there, a lot of guys there that, you know, kind of had the inside joke about her. As she comes over to you, beware, she's going to take you home. And she had a very nice home, very spacious and everything. And eventually she came to me. I said, no. And she hopped on me the whole night about why I wouldn't entertain her, why I wouldn't be with her. And I told her, too many men have been with you, first of all. Second of all, you're married. Third of all, you don't know who you are. That didn't do nothing but offend her. She went on and found someone else and took him home. Well, years later, I ran into a friend who used to hang out at the same spot and I asked him what happened to her. And he said, well, rumor has it she had committed suicide because she was so depressed because she wasn't getting love in her marriage and she could not find love externally. None of the guys took her seriously. And she needed help at the time. But that was her way of reaching out. But at that time, we were a little bit too immature to realize that. Now, untrue enough, it wasn't our responsibility to recognize it, but it would have probably helped her out along the way in hindsight. What we have to come to the grips with, folks, is that 
we will age. Things will change on us. We will not be able to do some of the things we do. One of the biggest fears of both men and women is to get to a point where you can't have sex anymore. You can't be intimate anymore. Whether it's because of erectile dysfunction or because of a situation a woman may go through when it comes down to her not wanting to be sexual anymore or intimate anymore. And it's very difficult at times to go through this. Now, here's a couple of other things too, because I used to look at some of the older guys when they would talk about, and I listened to them when they would talk about things such as, you know, um, when you get a certain age, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And I never forget one of the old guys said, yeah, he said, you got to deal with the problem when your dick doesn't get hard anymore. Because that's what he was. And he was messing around with these young girls. This was before Viagra came out. So he was at a point where he was at a disadvantage. These young girls liked him for his money, but the only thing he could do was eat pussy for the most part. Couldn't do nothing else. And I used to say to myself, damn, what if I wound up like this dude? And I worried about that for many years. Now, here's the problem. For many men, when you get around 40, some of you will come down with ED, erectile dysfunction. About 30% of you will, on average. So what that means primarily is that this is something you have to be mindful of. And it's a gradual process. Sometimes it may happen spontaneously due to an accident or something of that sort. But usually it's gradual. Where your prostate adjusts, you might notice that you're not getting as hard as you used to. It may not be as long as it used to be. And then eventually it gets to a point where you cannot get hard on demand. See, when you're younger, you know, it doesn't take much for your dick to get hard. You sit down too long, your dick is hard. But when you get older, what happens then, it doesn't respond as readily. So it's not uncommon for you to wind up being hard early in the morning. And this is what a lot of women do, especially younger women dealing with older men. They will go and have sex with the man in the morning prior to him going to pee. Because in that way, he'll be his hardest at that point usually, not always. Now, it all has to do with circulation. And this could be impeded by several things. It could be impeded by prostate issues. It could be impeded by circulatory issues. It could be impeded by medication, even psychological blocks. If you have a mindset where you don't think you're good enough, or you are too how can I say you're too um, pessimistic that can also bring you down in that way in other words your ego or your self esteem is low that will hit it as well now this is the reason why I tell men to look for a quality woman as opposed to the quantity of women because see here's the thing ladies the reason why men are so hard on you when it comes down to selecting a partner is because what he's looking for 
is a woman that he could be vulnerable with. And what is part of his vulnerability? If he ages and he may not be able to get his dick hard, or something of that sort, battling with ED, she'll be understanding and she will work with them and work together. And not wind up like the majority of these women who will go and point the finger and say, oh, he's got a limp dick, etc., etc., etc. And they make a joke out of it. Now, I want you to think about if men were to do that with women who could not have children anymore at 50 or 55, there'd be outrage. How dare you pick on women like that? But women can do that to men all day long and nothing said. It's a joke. Well, there's certain things that you have to understand. As you age, there are certain threats that, you, that become a little bit more imminent. Things that you have to worry about. Breast cancer for you ladies. Ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, all those things. And men, of course, we have to worry about prostate cancer, colon cancer, those things as well. So as we age, we become more vulnerable. People who think for the long term when it comes to a relationship, they're looking at what are the qualities of that person that I could have with me that will help me with my vulnerabilities and insecurities as I get older. Well, see, that's one perspective that people don't look at. They're so busy, hung up on how fine or how handsome someone is, and not realize that that shit's not going to last forever. You have all these women going out getting Brazilian butt lifts and getting infections. Like the 53-year-old woman that went and had a Brazilian butt lift and she was in her BMW SUV naked from the waist down completely. Still aching from this woman injecting God knows what inside of her butt. She's sick, dying in her car, not realizing it. And these women are driving her around to the hospital in her car. They dump her out on the road and they take off in her car. The woman died. No dignity, no shame. They didn't care. And see, this is the problem. A lot of these older women are trying to recapture their 20s. Let it go. Because men, we have to look at it. We are ridiculous if we try to go and try to recapture those years. We look stupid. Men even tell other men they look stupid doing it. That's something you ladies don't do to each other. If you have a 60-year-old woman walking around with a hair weave contact lenses a boob job a Brazilian butt lift it's like we see that you what you did you added on these things in order to make yourself look better than you really are so as we see it at that point we treat you like that oddity we don't treat you like that lady and I'm just being straight up with you ladies 
and most of the guys will screw you out of curiosity just to see what it's like to be with someone like you, but they're not really interested in you for a relationship because you're too much of a spectacle. You're an anomaly, not a normalcy. So what happens then, after they've had that experience with you, and a lot of you wonder why these guys don't hang around, they don't hang around because they don't want to be associated with you through guilt. Man, what are you doing with her? She's outlived her beauty in a way. And what I mean by that, ladies, is this. I'm not talking about your natural beauty. I'm talking about that accented beauty that you put on yourself that really doesn't become you after you get a certain age. In other words, making your face up like you're 22 years of age when you're in your 60s or 50s. Wearing some of the trendy things that we know good and well doesn't look good on you. See, your girlfriends are going to lie to you and tell you it looks good on you for one thing. Because either they're doing it or they're not doing it. Now, the ones that do these things, they have the impression that this is how you get the younger men. Well, what they usually get is younger dick. They don't get a younger man. And that's especially not a quality one a lot of times. Because the quality men don't want to deal with them. And the reason why they don't want to deal with them, because they're a spectacle. They're reaching out for attention. I'm 50-something, I'm 60-something, I'm 40-something years old. I'm dressing like I'm 21 to be seen to be admired, to still, to lift my self-esteem. But you have to understand, if a person has to go and externalize themselves in that way for someone to lift their self-esteem, what kind of partner do you have? You have a liability. You don't have a strong partner. She can diss all the men in the world, and who she's going to diss the most are going to be older men in her peer group and men that are older because it makes her feel better about herself. Where in actuality, she's limited because as she go down, down line to younger men, somebody's gonna eventually say, well, lady, go sit your ass down. And a lot of times when they hit that, they hit that reality, it's hard for them to accept it because now they have gone too far. They have reached the bottom rung of the ladder when it comes down to that. And this happens a lot. Now, here's the other thing too. With this aging process, because it's like a high, they'll get to a point where they might get a guy who's younger. And then she starts to be herself. She kicks away the high heels, puts up the cocktail dress and now she's being a little bit more conventional and what's happening he's starting to lose interest because now he sees mom he sees auntie he sees grandma in you and he's no longer with that and what a lot of you ladies do you still try to keep up that persona even though you know damn well you can't and you don't feel like it because that shit feels uncomfortable at times 
and you're still trying to go and maintain that image. And that remains a problem for you. Now, there's a couple of other things we need to address here as well. When it comes down to a man and his aging, he's usually going to age and he'd just be called an old man. You notice no one's offended when a woman refers to a man as an old man. You call a woman an old woman instead of how quickly you get cussed out by every female in earshot. So, when we talk about this sense of equality and balance in our society, it's bullshit. Because there are only certain things we want equal, and there's certain things we don't. You ask many of the women who are talking about women's rights right now, do you think it would be fair if a woman got tried for a crime just like a man and she got the same amount of time a man would get? I guarantee you, you would have a percentage of those women that say, no, things are fair the way they are. Because, see, a lot of people like to cherry pick issues based on the advantage for their own cause. Makes sense. That's what people do. But when it comes down to that equality, a lot of people are saying that in verbiage, but not meaning it literally. Because they like the way things are to a certain degree, but they want to change certain other things, certain other aspects. Now, that woman is confident that can be herself, who's comfortable with herself aging and going throughout life. She may not be interested in the younger man. She may be in her 40s and not thinking about a younger guy, but a younger guy may be attracted to her. Not for what she represents as far as being an older woman that may be you know, a good sexual experience or something like that, but from someone that they see as a potential partner that can probably lead to a good relationship, they're gonna go they're gonna go for it. Now she's gonna be bashful. She's going to be more realistic. She's going to tell him, you know, I'm old enough to be your mom, etc., etc. And he's going to say, well, I know all that. But I'm interested in you. And she's going to have a complex about that. She's going to feel, well, I got kids your age. Um, I don't know about this because... I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm not socially ready for this because I'd have to do much, too much explaining to society and to my family about our relationship. But what she's actually saying, she's afraid to get involved with you because she's afraid of getting her heart broken and being disappointed and then being put on the spot and ostracized. That's what it comes down to. So she doesn't want to explain her relationship. I've been in that type of situation where I was very attracted to this one older lady. Well, several in the past, but this one in particular. I should have died in Dana Point. Very nice lady. Red hair, beautiful, green eyes. And um, she thought, we can't do this. And she listed off the things that were different from us. She says, I'm a mom of two. I'm recently divorced. I'm at least 15 years older than you. 
I'm wealthy. And she went down the list. And I said, all that's well and good. I said, now, let's talk about what we do have in common. And when we sat down and talked about things, we realized we had more in common than we had differences. And we started dating. And she was worried about the peer pressure when we go out. The waiters and everyone was nice. Everything was really wonderful. But the problem she had, of course, was the peer pressure from family members that lived miles and miles away that disapproved because I was black and because I was younger. And eventually that got to her because she had never been in an interracial relationship before. She had never been in a December May relationship before. But she was in love. And we had a wonderful time. Her kids really like me. To this day, we still keep in touch. And it was really a pleasurable experience with her. Now, the thing we have to come to grips with, though, is that sometimes that person that you may love may not come in the packaging you want, like I always say. As you expect, and ladies, some of you, a 26-year-old man with six-pack abs, you may not be that. You may be that guy that's short that looks like he needs maternity clothes. You never know. So you have to be prepared. We're going to talk more in just a moment. Don't forget to listen to Jowson's original EDM, techno, and house music tracks on Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Just search for Jowson J-A-U-S-A-N for the playlist. Also, you may go to YouTube and search for Jowson Topic. Enjoy. All right, let's go into Mailbag. Colleen out of Phoenix, Arizona writes, I've been listening to your podcast, and I can truly tell you it's refreshing to hear one voice. I've subscribed to many other podcasts on relationships and dating, and they have these panels of people, and they're talking over each other, and the banter is ridiculous, and it's just a headache to listen to at times. I like you because you speak with reason and thought. That's very important. I'm 45 years old, and my husband is 53, and we've experienced some situations going on in the bedroom recently. One of them being, he can't get hard anymore. We're going to the doctor about this, and I told him that I'm going to support him, and I love him, and there's no reason for him to worry. But he's been spiraling into depression. I got him to finally go to a therapist with me, and the therapist is trying to work with him, but he feels like a defeated man. I have never seen him so low on his self-opinion in my life. I sat down and cried last night for about three hours because he was in the den crying 
about feeling like he was less than a man because he could no longer perform in the bedroom. I check on him every once in a while to make sure that he's not doing anything destructive. But he seems to be leveled out in that sense. He constantly apologizes to me about being such a failure as a man. And I feel so bad for him, I don't know what to do. He was there for me when I went through my menopause, when I was having problems, actually wanting to have sex. There were times that I forgot totally that I had a husband and he had needs. Thank God that was only for a short period of time and I went on and got help for it and I told him I'd be with him in this situation. I'm just hoping I don't lose my husband over this. He's already offered to divorce me so that I could go and find someone else. He's told me that we could have an open relationship and I could sleep with whomever I so, so desire. I don't want to do that because I love him. And I told him no matter what, if it took something that was a prosthetic in order for me to enjoy sex with him, I would be willing to do it. Is there any kind of words of encouragement that you can give him? Because right now, I think he needs to hear that. Colleen, Phoenix, Arizona. Well, the only criticism I have here, Colleen, is R, not is. But um, in essence, I think that he's got to understand that he's going through this change in life. It happens to about 30% of men over 40 initially. Then the numbers get a little bit higher as they age. I'm a product of a guy that waited until he was 65 to have a child, a second one. And um, I can tell you right off the bat, um, it amazed me at that age that I actually won the race and actually beat out all the sperm and made it here as a human being. Now, one thing I will tell you overall with this, you're doing the right thing, Colleen. You're the kind of wife men need. A lot of these women don't get it. The reason why men are so hard on women as far as selecting the right one is because you see how vulnerable your husband is now? A lesser woman would talk about how he has a limp dick how she's going to go out there and be with somebody else. She'd already be out in the nightclubs or whatever, or online trying to meet some other dude to get some dick. You're not doing that. You're sticking by him. He stuck by you when you were going through that phase in your life, that change, and now you're returning the favor. And this is what couples are supposed to do. So, in essence, your relationship has great integrity because you're reciprocating. He was there for you, you're there for him. But the thing is, he's dealing with his ego and pride because society has always built men upon this sexual prowess thing, right? And we lose that. You feel less than a man. 
and she's feeling now. And then we naturally apologize to our partners because it's at a point where we say, baby, I'm sorry. I know we're in a relationship and I'm not keeping this end of the bargain up. The same thing you probably told him when you were going through your situation. And so what's happened now, he feels as though he let you down. And he feels even worse because he let himself down. Because his goal was to please you as his wife. And he feels as though he can't do that. And by you making the suggestions about using prosthetics or whatever it takes, like uh, the penis um, sleeve or whatever, in order or strap on or whatever, in order to make it work for him, he may look at that as an insult. But you're looking at it as the fact that you only want to be with him. And what you have to do is to work with him and let him mature into that level of understanding that your love for him is undying. And that you're doing this for the betterment of the relationship with him. Now, I think you probably want to talk to the therapist that you guys are seeing, if you're seeing one, to help with incorporating this into acceptability for him. You don't want another relationship outside of marriage. You want him. You married him. You didn't marry these other guys. And see, that's what you have to understand. See, here's the way we used to do it when I was out on the, on the streets, in the clubs and stuff. When it came down to a married woman who would berate her husband and talk about he had a limp dick or whatever, especially if she was older, we had no respect for her. She was a fucking forget. That's all she was. We had absolutely no respect for her. We didn't disrespect her, call her a bitch or anything like that. But what we did not do was spend money on her. What we did not do, buy her drinks. What we did not do, anything that cost money, we would not spend it on her because we felt as though she didn't deserve it. And in that way, because the way we looked at it was that showed us what kind of woman she was. So if she treated him like shit, we should treat her the same way. But respectfully. And the way you do that is by not associating with them. And they would find some guy that would go and act a fool like he was the hero and thought that he was doing something because he was with somebody else's wife. Because you have some guys that are like that. The ego gets stroked because they're with someone else's woman because the husband can't get the dick hard. Only for this young man to realize that at some point there's a good chance that he won't get his dick hard later on and he may be faced with the same situation with his wife or woman. Don't think about that. But see, here in America, we laugh about these things. We laugh about erectile dysfunction. We joke about Viagra. And not understanding that it is a big problem for men. A lot of these men are angry because they can't function like they used to. And they lash out. Sometimes they do other things. If it's unchecked, they become angry to a point where they hate women. They become angry where they hate themselves 
because they can't satisfy a woman. And it can go on and on. How many times have you heard about these guys that were quote-unquote serial rapists and serial killers who would get the woman tied up and everything and have her at his mercy and they couldn't do anything sexually? Because, see, it becomes anger. When they talk about rape as an angry emotion, they're right, they're valid. Even some of these guys who try to rape women, they can't get it up. They're angry about that and they look at it and feel as though no other woman wants to be with them because they can't do that so they feel as though they're worthless. And it's like, I'm going to make you value me by taking advantage of you. Even though I won't be able to do anything to you like that. And what it comes down to, instead of going that extreme route, the only thing these guys have to do is to go find a good woman and explain to her first what's going on with you. Let her make the decision to be with you or not. But if your, se- your relationship is not sexually based, you have a better chance of it surviving anyway. And what we don't think about are things such as injuries, things such as medical conditions, illnesses. Because when we're going looking for a partner, we're thinking that that person's going to be healthy through and through. There was a friend of mine years ago. She had married this guy that they had been dating for about maybe five years. And boy, she was in love with him. And, you know, he was a pretty healthy guy. And they went on and got married. A year after they got married, she got in a car accident. And she was paralyzed from the waist down. It wasn't her fault in the accident. She was with a girlfriend. A girlfriend was careless, fiddling around with the radio, and ran into another vehicle. And apparently what happened her girlfriend was the passenger to my friend and she couldn't walk afterwards. Got to find out she had a spinal cord injury. At that point, her husband treated her totally differently. That relationship after they got married didn't last longer than six months. He was gone. And he told her, he says, you're no longer useful to me in that capacity. I would have to take care of you too much. I'd have to wipe your ass. I'd have to feed you. I'd have to do all these things. And he went down the list and made her feel like nothing. I went over to visit her just to cheer her up. And she told me, she says, you know, I'm going to go back with my family and I'm going to fall into obscurity and I'm not going to be with anyone. He divorced her. She went back to Maryland, got with her family. And sure enough, when I called her to check on her, she had changed the number. It embarrassed her such a way that she never could forgive herself. 
because she was this very attractive and vibrant woman. But these are the things that happen. So when you base it on the optics, you're only one accident, one illness away from losing it all. And when you do, there's no redress. Because if the relationship starts out superficially, that's the way it'll end. So you never want to put yourself in that predicament. Because what happens when you do that, it comes down to a point where you no longer have that leverage where you can go on with the very core of the relationship because the very core is based on sex. That's the reason why a lot of you young men, a lot of you guys out there, that woman is talking about your little dick, that woman is making all these comments about you now, and you still messing around with her, have an accident, have an illness, come down with ED or something like that later on. She's going to disown your ass, and she's going to cheat on you and be with another man. Keep that in mind. You're not with someone you can trust. You're with someone you can tolerate. So that you'll know. But anyway. My dear, the only thing I would say to you in this situation is. Still convey your support for your husband. Because after all. You're all he's got. This is the reason why men are very selective about the partners they choose. They're looking for someone with integrity. They're looking for someone they can trust and be vulnerable with or around. There are too many things that men are going to be vulnerable with a woman about. One is going to be the death of his mother. And the second one is going to be if he cannot perform sexually with his woman. That's the reason why he has to choose wisely and choose a good woman. Because, see, a lesser woman is going to tell him, mother dies, I'll get over it. I couldn't stand that bitch anyway. He has ED. Oh, well, you better figure out something. I'm going to have to go and find me another man. Now, it's a common thing, ladies, for a man to offer you the possibility of going with someone else or being with someone else. Women do this as well with men. I have literally had women tell me, if we got into a relationship, you could go and sleep with whomever you want to. Just don't disrespect me by bringing them back in my face. Because the lady, she wasn't into it. She wasn't into sex. Some of them were going through menopause. Some of them just lost interest. I remember one uh, lady in particular I was dating. She was a divorcee. I think she had two children. And um, at the time, she did not want 
to have anything to do with sex whatsoever. It was off limits in the conversation. One day she had gone to a doctor and I don't know what to this day what the doctor prescribed for her. To this day, I honestly don't know. And this woman, she was about 40, I think. She was about 47 or 48. And I was like somewhere around 29, 30. And one evening she called me over. And she says, uh, I want you to come over. I want you to bring condoms. And I want you to bring all of the things you'll need for the weekend. And this was an oddity because every time I'd gone over there to see her, it had always been a situation where I had to leave by around 9 or 10 because that was her bedtime. She was ready to go to bed. She had a schedule. Whether it was weekend, weekday, didn't matter. So I tried to abide by that as best I could. But here's the thing. She called me up at 8 o'clock one evening that evening to tell me these things so I trekked out there that Friday night the minute I got through that front door we started having sex we had sex right there on the damn floor I don't know to this day what that woman had she wouldn't tell me but whatever the hell it was it was like she was this animal that was starved for sex and it was weird I had never experienced anything like that and ladies I don't know what that was maybe you can tell me what a doctor will prescribe that causes that but that night shit I thought I was in a victim of a hate crime just because I was a man I was being screwed like that but through it all though it was good. She apologized the next morning and she was like, well, you know, I'm sorry about what happened last night, but it was just something that came over me. And she was just as calm and serene the next morning. And I was like, damn. And I knew the sex was good. And I tell you this much, it was so good it felt like I was in a fight. Ribs were hurting chest was hurting, back was hurting and she was a fine woman very attractive woman but the thing was she had issues when I met her in regards to intimacy, closeness very rigid and regimented in the beginning and then after that things went pretty well between us and then she started feeling guilty about what she was doing. And then she said, you know what? I think we need to go our separate ways. I think we need to just end this. Because right now I'm getting a little bit too carried away. And of course I wouldn't. Are you sure? She said, yeah, I'm sure. And she ended it. Never knew what happened to her afterwards. But, you know, it's one of those things that occur. One of those experiences that you embrace and you go through your journey in life. Now, the reason why I'm bringing up uh, 
ED is because it's not talked about that much when it comes down to relationships. And ladies, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of you older ladies that are talking, telling your husbands who are older as well, hey, you can't get it up. I'm going to go get me a younger man or whatever. And you go out there and you look for a younger man, discount the older guys. Some of those younger girls, and let me tell you this for sure. These younger girls know how to deal with older men. They know what it takes. And I know a lot of you stereotypically say, oh, you know, it's all about the money. No, it's not. I used to think that too. It's not about the money. What a lot of these younger girls, and you're going to always have that element, but a lot of these younger girls are in that phase of life where they're trying to, one, get affirmation, especially by an older guy, because that really gives them validation as being a woman. Two, more so than anything, they're more apt to try to please him. So they will work with him. If he has ED, for instance, they'll work with him. And they'll try to make it work. They're not just going to sit there and just let it go. I had a friend of mine when I was in service. And he was getting out. And he started dating this young girl. At that time, he was about in his, I think, mid-twenties. And this girl was like 19. Had a good relationship with her. Things started going pretty well. Years later, when he got into his 40s, we still kept in touch. He was still with her. They never married. They were living together. And he was talking one day about coming down with ED, which he had. He had erectile dysfunction. And he said, you know, I'm really proud of her by the way she stuck by me, by what she's done. Because he said if it was any other woman, she would have left. I told him, yeah, you're probably right. She went and did research and she found out what she needed to do to help facilitate them having a better sex life. She didn't point the finger and complain. See, like when I was with older women, some of them would be dry down there. And they would be embarrassed and they'd have a complex about that. And they needed reassurance that it was okay to be dry down there. It happens sometimes. It happens in women. And you have some women that are so, they have such a complex about their vagina, it's pathetic. And ladies, you need to lay off of that. Just be yourself. It's a part of your body. Let the man enjoy it with you. Instead of tearing yourself down, criticizing yourself about as ugly, as hairy, or whatever, just shut the fuck up and let him enjoy some pussy. I'm just saying. One of them.
about child support for just a moment. In the United States, $5,150 a year is the average amount a person pays for child support in the U.S. per child. That comes out to about $430 a month per child, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Now, 85% of those payments are made by men. 15% of those payments are made by females, made by women, made by the mothers. Now, there are a couple of things that we need to look at here. It's about who you choose. And it's about the status in which they're in a lot of times. Some of you guys are coerced or talked into getting with a woman, not marrying her, for instance, but adopting the child or the children. Dad could be in prison, et cetera, et cetera. Understand one thing, and I'm no legal expert. You could talk to your attorneys about it, but I know this at least. There's a good possibility you're going to have to pay child support if you adopt a child with a woman and you break up with them. So if you adopt her child, her biological child, and you guys split up, it's not just where you go your way and she goes hers, she can come back for you for child support. This is something to think about. Some of the four worst states in order to deal with child custody in America, Massachusetts, Georgia, California, and Nevada. The reason being, they'll lock your ass up. Tennessee is on that list also. Now, see, in some states like Georgia, for instance, they have a guardian ad litem that they could appoint for whatever reasons. The two parties may not get along. They may need to have an overseer. And usually those people are going from $10,000 to $25,000 that somebody will have to pay, usually the male. This is the reason why you got to be very selective and very protective with the people you sleep with. Most of these kids that are born out of wedlock come from hookups. There are some women out there who haven't learned their lesson. They have two and three and four kids out of wedlock and you'll be father number five. Because they're driven a lot of times emotionally. I've talked to many of these ladies. They've written, written in about this. A lot of these women are looking for love. They've been abandoned emotionally by their parents. They didn't get the attention, the love, the caring. So they're going to have a child that's going to love them unconditionally since they couldn't find a man or even a family member who did. And so they go on that quest for love. And these are the same people that will have a problem if their kids left home. This is the reason why some of you ladies complain about these mama's boys that stay at home at 38, 40, and 45 years of age and they're still living at their mom's home. That's because in a way, mama don't want to cut those apron strings because she's so accustomed to having that child around because that child loves her. And she feels as though no one else will. 
It's sad to say, but it's the truth. Not in all cases, but in many of them. Now, another thing that goes left with this as well. Some women do this because they've fallen in love with a person and they feel as though by having a child with him, that's a piece of him that they could take with them throughout the rest of their lives. And they continue to do it. There was, a one, there was one lady that I was reading about in an article online. She was so in love with this kid's father that she waited until this kid turned 18 and had sex with him, her own child. People do these things when they need help. And we sit back and we point at people that are suffering emotional or mental difficulties and we laugh at them and tease them. These folks need help. They don't need to be laughed at. They don't need to be teased. They need some sort of understanding what they're going through. I know a lot of you say stuff like that's nasty. And it is. But we have to also look at the origin of that insecurity, the origin of that situation. And we have to understand that person had to be so low in their self-esteem that they had to go down to the bottom of the barrel. And people do. And they do it for a reason. Because there's something missing in their lives. And we cavalierly kind of laugh at these things I think that, oh, it doesn't pertain to me, so why should it matter? Well, here's how it pertains to you. You be in a relationship. You get divorced. You get out there on the single scene. People with these problems don't go away. They are people that you see in a grocery store every day, the people you pass by at Walmart, the people you pass by at Target, that you would never have a clue. They don't walk around with a label on them saying that they're dysfunctional. They don't walk around with a damn proud patch saying, hey, look at me. Look at me. I got all kind of problems. They don't do that. So what we have to look at is the reasoning behind this. The rationale. What is it? Why is it like that? And it's because we have generations of people that don't know how to be parents. They're only going by what they were exposed to and not necessarily what they know. Haven't you ever talked to someone that was older and what they said didn't make sense because you knew better because they were still going hung up on that old tradition of thinking when you have the facts there to tell you otherwise? That's what happens with a lot of folks. And what happens, they grow up with that bastardized thinking about child development. Oh, I just whooped the hell out of my kid and, and they'll be fine. They'll learn not to do that again. You hear the old stereotype about the parent, the black mama that's always got to whoop the kid or get a kid to look and all of that. 
But you have some kids that don't have to, they don't have to do that to. Both black, white, doesn't matter what race. That's because the parent took time out with them in order to work with them. When you jump to disciplinary action as the means for everything, the only thing you're going to do is foster that in that child. And when they grow up to be adults, these are the people that throw hands at the nightclub. These are the people that think it's okay to start a fight in church. These are the people that think it's okay to whoop somebody's ass when they're angry. Because they lack decorum, they lack discipline. And they lack shame. They'll feel justified in doing it, especially when you see that mother that whips that kid's ass with that hot wheel track. And the mother says, I bet you'll sit your ass down now. And he goes and he sits down. And you think you've done something because you made that kid do what you wanted that kid to do. Not thinking that later on in life, that kid's going to have that same anger. And when his girlfriend raises her voice to him, he's going to remember you with that half wheel track when he gives her that right hook. But yet, he's going to ingratiate you as mama and treat you like gold. But he's going to beat the shit out of the girl that he's with. That's what he takes it out on. This is what you have to understand. Get over it is not a solution. That's, those are just words. You know, it's really interesting how people come out and treat others when they're in a position of retaliation. I told you about the funeral that I went to with a girlfriend of mine. And we're sitting there and these people got up there to do the eulogy. And the one girl, she was in her 20s. And the father was there in the casket. And this girl told the congregation and the people there about how he molested her. About how she hated him. And they tried to get her off the podium. Ushers came up, tried to take her off. Family got upset. And what did the family say? They didn't say, oh, no, he didn't do that. You know what they said? Why are you sharing family secrets? Is what they said. That came out before any kind of defense about why are you lying? They could have said that. Because they knew this girl was telling the truth. Everybody in the congregation wanted to beat her ass that night. It was sad. But she had been carrying, it, carrying things like that inside of her all those years. 
had another friend of mine. He used to be jealous of the relationship I had with my mother. He used to tell me, man, he said, you and your mom, y'all get along so well. He said, you know, I wish I could do that with my mom. He said, but I hate my mother. And that was the first time I ever heard a black man talk about his mother in a derogatory way. But see, I didn't do mine out of obligation or duty. I had a damn good mom. And I don't say that because I was her son. In his case, he was objective. He says, your mom listens to you. She asks you questions. He said, my mother never did that to me. She always told me what to do. She always told me I wasn't shit. See, your mom didn't say one derogatory thing about you. And she told you she loved you. Like he said, my mom never told me that. He said, love in my household was when she didn't beat my ass. That was the closest he got to love. And, you know, it was so sad because he asked her one day, asked my mother one day, could she be his mother? Because he didn't have a good one. This was a grown-ass man. Of course, she said, hell no, because this one right here, <laughs> and she still blamed me for messing up her body. And she used to always tell me, I used to be fine until I had your ass. Well, yeah, that's true, probably. But here's the thing, folks. You have to keep in mind, the way you treat your child now is the way he's going to treat others in his adult life. If it's a he or her. And you have to be considerate of that. And also the way they're going to treat you in your later years. Because see, here's what happens. When you build a bond with your parents, you treat your parents like yourself. It gets to a point where you take your parents and you cherish them. So, if you have to put them in a facility or something like that, you're vigilant, you're attentive, you're detail-oriented. Or if you're taking care of them at home, you're the same way. You're not doing it out of some kind of duty or moral obligation. You're doing it because you genuinely love the person. If they got to get to a point of reminding you about how they had to give birth to you and carry you for nine months. They're saying that they're not feeling this though. They're recognized. Now, sometimes parents will joke about that. But what it comes down to is they feel as though you're not acknowledging the fact that I did something for you. And you'd be surprised how quickly that shit turns into guilt if you're not careful. 
That's the reason why those parents that do the right thing by their kids get the right thing done by them later on in life. And, you know, I hear a lot of people write in and they say stuff like, oh, well, you're asking for perfection out of people. No, I'm not. It's called common courtesy. It's free. It's easy to do. It starts with treating people the way you'd like to be treated and respected. It's something that we've lost in this culture of emojis, clicks, icons, web apps, chat boxes. We have now dehumanized ourselves through technology in so many ways that we objectify the very people that we love. We block relatives on Facebook. Even when you hug up on somebody in their face in the family, what would happen? That person would call you back. You just wouldn't answer the phone. You wouldn't unplug it. But see, with Facebook and other mediums like that, you can afford to do that. Mothers and daughters blocking each other. Brothers blocking each other. Husband and wives blocking each other. I got an email last week. (coughs) There was a husband that wrote me (coughs) because his wife the very woman he sleeps in the bed with blocked him on social media. And I asked him, well, what the hell goes on when you guys are out of the virtual world? And you guys are, he said, oh, we get along fine. But what they disagree on is the politics, topics that they talk about on social media. And so, they're using it as a form of retaining their relationship. And what I was explaining to him was, if she's blocking you on social media, it's because she doesn't like something that you may have posted or she may take issue with it, but she shouldn't have to block you. So that only means one thing. There are deeper issues in your relationship than just her blocking you on social media. And of course, he tried to deny it. But I could, I could see through the veneer. Of course it was. But see, now we can do that. We can objectify people at will. Cancel culture. How are you going to cancel something when you have corporations paying billions of dollars to individuals to do things? Just because a few of you are not going to buy the product? It's not going to be a groundswell of people. Because, see, people are tired of being outraged by a minority of people always outraged, always offended. The easier you are to offend, the easier you are to manipulate. That's the way it goes. This uh, past Super Bowl is a prime example. I looked at some of the comments. Some of the people were complaining, Mary J. Blige is too old. 
Now, I'll agree, she damn near didn't make it back up when she squatted. Everybody saw that. But that was going to happen. The woman was going to get old eventually. Hell, you got singers that can't even sing now because of their age. Lost their voices. And that's to be expected. Others were complaining about trying to go and boycott because Snoop Dogg smoked a blunt before the halftime show. Big deal. Everybody on the planet knows that Snoop and marijuana are the same substance. <laughs> you know, let's, let's get it real. When has Snoop not looked like he was high? I remember when he was one of the first guests on the Jimmy Kimmel show and they were drinking out of those cups. Hell, I got drunk looking at him. It happens. But I think what we have done now, we have gotten so hypersensitive that everything offends us. And at some point, we got to get tired of being offended and outraged. And start realizing some of the things that we got to be what is called responsible and accountable and get out of our emotions because as long as you're in your emotions you don't have to be accountable or responsible at that time but you pay a price for it when you come out of this shit don't you gonna talk more in a minute Don't forget to listen to Jowson's original EDM, techno, and house music tracks on Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Just search for Jowson J-A-U-S-A-N for the playlist. Also, you may go to YouTube and search for Jowson Topic. Enjoy. All right, let's go in the mailbag. Colleen out of Phoenix, Arizona writes, I've been listening to your podcast, and I can truly tell you it's refreshing to hear one voice. I've subscribed to many other podcasts on relationships and dating, and they have these panels of people, and they're talking over each other. The banter is ridiculous, and it's just a headache to listen to at times. I like you because you speak with reason and thought. That's very important. I'm 45 years old and my husband is 53. And we've experienced some situations going on in the bedroom recently. One of them being, he can't get hard anymore. We're going to the doctor about this and I told him that I'm gonna support him and I love him and there's no reason for him to worry. But he's been spiraling into depression I got him to finally go to a therapist with me, and the therapist is trying to work with him, but he feels like a defeated man. I have never seen him so low on his self-opinion in my life. I sat down and cried last night for about three hours. 
because he was in the den crying about feeling like he was less than a man because he could no longer perform in the bedroom. I check on him every once in a while to make sure that he's not doing anything destructive. But he seems to be leveled out in that sense. He constantly apologizes to me about being such a failure as a man. And I feel so bad for him, I don't know what to do. He was there for me when I went through my menopause, when I was having problems, actually wanting to have sex. There were times that I forgot totally that I had a husband and he had needs. Thank God that was only for a short period of time and I went on and got help for it and I told him I'd be with him in this situation. I'm just hoping I don't lose my husband over this. He's already offered to divorce me so that I can go and find someone else. He's told me that we can have an open relationship and I can sleep with whomever I so, so desire. I don't want to do that because I love him. And I told him no matter what, if it took something that was a prosthetic in order for me to enjoy sex with him, I would be willing to do it. Is there any kind of words of encouragement that you can give him? Because right now, I think he needs to hear that. Colleen, Phoenix, Arizona. Well, the only criticism I have here, Colleen, is R, not is. But um, in essence, I think that he's got to understand that he's going through this change in life. It happens to about 30% of men over 40 initially. Then the numbers get a little bit higher as they age. I'm a product of a guy that waited until he was 65 to have a child, a second one. And um, I can tell you right off the bat, it amazed me at that age that I actually won the race and actually beat out all the sperm and made it here as a human being. Now, one thing I will tell you overall with this, you're doing the right thing, Colleen. You're the kind of wife men need. A lot of these women don't get it. The reason why men are so hard on women as far as selecting the right one is because You see how vulnerable your husband is now? A lesser woman would talk about how he has a limp dick, how she's going to go out there and be with somebody else. She'd already be out in the nightclubs or whatever, or online trying to meet some other dude to get some dick. You're not doing that. You're sticking by him. He stuck by you when you were going through that phase in your life, that change, and now you're returning the favor and this is what couples are supposed to do so in essence your relationship has great integrity because you're reciprocating he was there for you you're there for him but the thing is he's dealing with his ego and pride because society has always built men upon this sexual prowess thing right and we lose that 
he feel less than a man as he's feeling now. And then we naturally apologize to our partners because it's at a point where we say, baby, I'm sorry. I know we're in a relationship and I'm not keeping this end of the bargain up. The same thing you probably told him when you were going through your situation. And so what's happened now, he feels as though he let you down. And he feels even worse because he let himself down. Because his goal was to please you as his wife. And he feels as though he can't do that. And by you making the suggestions about using prosthetics or whatever it takes, like uh, the penis uh, sleeve or whatever, in order or strap on or whatever, in order to make it work for him, he may look at that as an insult. But you're looking at it as the fact that you only want to be with him. And what you have to do is to work with him and let him mature into that level of understanding that your love for him is undying. And that you're doing this for the betterment of the relationship with him. Now, I think you probably want to talk to the therapist that you guys are seeing, if you're seeing one, to help with incorporating this into acceptability for him. You don't want another relationship outside marriage. You want him. You married him. You didn't marry these other guys. And see, that's what you have to understand. See, here's the way we used to do it when I was out on the, on the streets, in the clubs and stuff. When it came down to a married woman who would berate her husband and talk about he had a limp dick or whatever, especially if she was older, we had no respect for her. She was a fucking forget. That's all she was. We had absolutely no respect for her. We didn't disrespect her, call her a bitch or anything like that. But what we did not do was spend money on her. What we did not do, buy her drinks. What we did not do, anything that cost money, we would not spend it on her because we felt as though she didn't deserve it. And in that way, because the way we looked at it was that showed us what kind of woman she was. So if she treated him like shit, we should treat her the same way. But respectfully. And the way you do that is by not associating with them. And they would find some guy that would go and act a fool like he was the hero and thought that he was doing something because he was with somebody else's wife. Because you have some guys that are like that. The ego gets stroked because they're with someone else's woman because the husband can't get the dick hard only for this young man to realize that at some point there's a good chance that he won't get his dick hard later on and he may be faced with the same situation with his wife or woman. Don't think about that. But see, here in America, we laugh about these things. We laugh about erectile dysfunction. We joke about Viagra. And not understanding that it is a big problem for men. A lot of these men are angry because they can't function like they used to. And they lash out. Sometimes they do other things. If it's unchecked, they become angry to a point where they hate women. 
They become angry where they hate themselves because they can't satisfy a woman. And it can go on and on. How many times have you heard about these guys that were quote-unquote serial rapists and serial killers who would get the woman tied up and everything and have her at his mercy and they couldn't do anything sexually? Because, see, it becomes anger. When they talk about rapists and angry emotion, they're right, they're valid. Even some of these guys who try to rape women, they can't get it up. They're angry about that and they look at it and feel as though no other woman wants to be with them because they can't do that so they feel as though they're worthless. And it's like, I'm going to make you value me by taking advantage of you. Even though I won't be able to do anything to you like that. And what it comes down to, instead of going that extreme route, the only thing these guys have to do is to go find a good woman and explain to her first what's going on with you. Let her make the decision to be with you or not. But if your your relationship is not sexually based, you have a better chance of it surviving anyway. And what we don't think about are things such as injuries, things such as medical conditions, illnesses. Because when we're going looking for a partner, we're thinking that that person's going to be healthy through and through. There was a friend of mine years ago. She had married this guy that they had been dating for about maybe five years. And boy, she was in love with him. And, you know, he was a pretty healthy guy. And they went on and got married. A year after they got married, she got in a car accident. And she was paralyzed from the waist down. It wasn't her fault in the accident. She was with a girlfriend. A girlfriend was careless, fiddling around with the radio, and ran into another vehicle. And apparently what happened her girlfriend was the passenger to my friend and she couldn't walk afterwards. Come to find out she had a spinal cord injury. At that point, her husband treated her totally differently. That relationship after they got married didn't last longer than six months he was gone and he told her he says you're no longer useful to me in that capacity I would have to take care of you too much I'd have to wipe your ass I'd have to feed you I'd have to do all these things and he went down the list and made her feel like nothing I went over to visit her just to cheer her up and she told me she says you know I'm going to go back with my family and I'm going to fall into obscurity and I'm not going to be with anyone. He divorced her. She went back to Maryland, got with her family. And sure enough, when I called her to check on her, she had changed the number. It embarrassed her and 
such a way that she never could forgive herself because she was this very attractive and vibrant woman. But these are the things that happen. So when you base it on the optics, you're only one accident, one illness away from losing it all. And when you do, there's no redress. Because if the relationship starts out superficially, that's the way it'll end. So you never want to put yourself in that predicament. Because what happens when you do that, it comes down to a point where you no longer have that leverage where you can go on with the very core of the relationship because the very core is based on sex. That's the reason why a lot of you young men, a lot of you guys out there, that woman that's talking about your little dick, that woman is making all these comments about you now, and you still messing around with her, have an accident, have an illness, come down with ED or something like that later on. She's going to disown your ass, and she's going to cheat on you and be with another man. Keep that in mind. You're not with someone you can trust. You want, you're with someone you can tolerate. So that you'll know. But anyway. My dear, the only thing I would say to you in this situation is. Still convey your support for your husband. Because after all. You're all he's got. This is the reason why men are very selective about the partners they choose. They're looking for someone with integrity. They're looking for someone they can trust and be vulnerable with or around. There are two main things that men are going to be vulnerable with a woman about. One is going to be the death of his mother. And the second one is going to be if he cannot perform sexually with his woman. That's the reason why he has to choose wisely and choose a good woman. Because, see, a lesser woman is going to tell him, mother dies, I'll get over it. I couldn't stand that bitch anyway. He has ED. Oh, well, you better figure out something. I'm going to have to go and find me another man. Now, it's a common thing, ladies, for a man to offer you the possibility of going with someone else and being with someone else. Women do this as well with men. I have literally had women tell me, if we got into a relationship, you could go and sleep with whomever you want to. Just don't disrespect me by bringing them back in my face. Because the lady, she wasn't into it. She wasn't into sex. Some of them were going through menopause. Some of them just lost interest. I remember one uh, lady in particular I was dating. She was a divorcee. I think she had two children. And um, at the time, 
she did not want to have anything to do with sex whatsoever. It was off limits in the conversation. One day she had gone to her doctor and I don't know what to this day what the doctor prescribed for her. To this day, I honestly don't know. And this woman, she was about 40, I think. She was about 47 or 48. And I was like somewhere around 29, 30. And one evening she called me over. And she says, uh, I want you to come over. I want you to bring condoms. And I want you to bring all of the things you'll need for the weekend. And this was an oddity because every time I'd gone over there to see her, it had always been a situation where I had to leave by around nine or 10 because that was her bedtime. She was ready to go to bed. She had a schedule, whether it was weekend, weekday, didn't matter. So I tried to abide by that as best I could. But here's the thing. She called me up at eight o'clock one evening that evening to tell me these things so I trekked out there that Friday night the minute I got through that front door we started having sex we had sex right there on the damn floor I don't know to this day what that woman had she wouldn't tell me but whatever the hell it was it was like she was this animal that was starved for sex and it was weird I had never experienced anything like that and ladies I don't know what that was maybe you can tell me what a doctor will prescribe that causes that but that night shit I thought I was in a victim of a hate crime just because I was a man I was being screwed like that but through it all though it was good. She apologized the next morning and she was like, well, you know, I'm sorry about what happened last night, but it was just something that came over me. And she was just as calm and serene the next morning. And I was like, damn. And I knew the sex was good. And I tell you this much, it was so good. It felt like I was in a fight. Ribs were hurting chest was hurting, back was hurting, and she was a fine woman, very attractive woman, but the thing was, she had issues when I met her in regards to intimacy, closeness, very rigid and regimented in the beginning, and then after that, things went pretty well between us. And then she started feeling guilty about what she was doing. And then she said, you know what? I think we need to go our separate ways. I think we need to just end this. Because right now I'm getting a little bit too carried away. And of course I wouldn't. Are you sure? She said, yeah, I'm sure. And she ended it. Never knew what happened to her afterwards. But, you know, it's one of those things that occur. One of those experiences that you embrace and you go through your journey in life. Now, 
the reason why I bring it up uh, ED is because it's not talked about that much when it comes down to relationships. And ladies, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of you older ladies that are talking, telling your husbands who are older as well, hey, you can't get it up. I'm going to go get me a younger man or whatever. And you go out there and you look for a younger man, discount the older guys. Some of those younger girls, and let me tell you this for sure. These younger girls know how to deal with older men. They know what it takes. And I know a lot of you stereotypically say, oh, you know, it's all about the money. No, it's not. I used to think that too. It's not about the money. What a lot of these younger girls, and you, you're going to always have that element, but a lot of these younger girls are in that phase of life where they're trying to, one, get affirmation, especially by an older guy, because that really gives them validation as being a woman. Two, more so than anything, they are more apt to try to please him. So they will work with him. If he has ED, for instance, they'll work with him. And they'll try to make it work. They're not just going to sit there and just let it go. I had a friend of mine when I was in service. And he was getting out. And he started dating this young girl. At that time, he was about in his, I think, mid-twenties. And this girl was like 19. Had a good relationship with her. Things started going pretty well. Years later, when he got into his 40s, we still kept in touch. He was still with her. They never married. They were living together. And he was talking one day about coming down with ED, which he had. He had erectile dysfunction. And he said, you know, I'm really proud of her by the way she stuck by me, by what she's done. Because he said if it was any other woman, she would have left. I told him, yeah, you're probably right. She went and did research and she found out what she needed to do to help facilitate them having a better sex life. She didn't point the finger and complain. See, like when I was with older women, some of them would be dry down there. And they would be embarrassed and they'd have a complex about that. And they needed reassurance that it was okay to be dry down there. It happens sometimes. It happens in women. And you have some women that are so, they have such a complex about their vagina, it's pathetic. And ladies, you need to lay off of that. Just be yourself. It's a part of your body. Let the man enjoy it with you. Instead of tearing yourself down, criticizing yourself about his ugly, his hairy, or whatever, just shut the fuck up and let him enjoy some pussy. I'm just saying. 
one of them. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.